0: Welcome to the Amateur Mill Society, a podcast about the highs and lows of mothering in the modern age. We're your hosts, Sinead and Rosie, and we are just Just trying. trying. Just trying. Join us on a journey from positive pregnancy tests through to school and beyond as we try to untangle all those complicated thoughts and feelings that come when you decide to push a baby out of your vagina. Other birthing methods are available. We are average, non-famous mums who live average, non-famous lives. Although if we get famous we're not complaining. Mm-hmm. Hellofresh, hit us up for the ad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Um. Hi,
0: Sinead. Hi, Rosie. How are you? I'm good, thank you. What are we talking about today? Uh,
1: Pregnancy, mate. Being pregnant. It's
0: a juicy topic this week. It's a very
1: juicy topic. Um, Before we start, could you please sum up your sentence in one week? My sentence in one week? <laughs> I'm just going to record a little bit more Um, Before we start Sinead Could you please describe your week in one sentence I could describe my week in one sentence Go for it Um,
0: (laughs) I I had thought of one But it's completely left my head Um, It's going well My week in one sentence is that the baby brain doesn't stop When your kid is five No. You can keep that shit going until they're 18, I think. Yeah. I think that's fine. I think my baby brain kicked in like two years before I was even pregnant, though.
1: Yeah, Yeah, your your brain knows. Yeah. Oh, God. What is this? My sentence in... Your sentence in one week. Jesus Christ. Let's try that again. (laughs) Ask me.
0: So... Sum up your week in one sentence, Rosie. By the way, at this point, we have been recording. Well, we've been in this recording studio since one o'clock.
1: Mm, and, it's and it's now, now nearly,
0: four. nearly four o'clock. Yeah, we're quite tired.
1: But it's also, you know, we've not got our children with us. Yeah. So it's better. It's quiet. It's it's quiet. But um, sometimes we do hear the hand dryer going off. That's, that's a, I can deal with that. Yeah. Okay, my week in one sentence is, I have got a nearly two-year-old... And yay. yay! No, that's not the sentence. No, the sentence is: Bourbon biscuits are not good enough for her. <laughs> no, she will. She will um, refuse a bourbon biscuit, a jammy dodger. Um, she refuses chocolate orange custard creams. She will only take pure chocolate. Yeah, Kinder. Or chocolate digestives.
0: It sounds like she just doesn't like the sort of sand the sandwich. <laughs> the sandwich configuration of a biscuit. No,
1: she just wants pure chocolate. She likes the hard stuff, but mm. she's not even two yet. So that's what I'm dealing with. This is also, by the way, this is a really good point to point um, to tell you something about Lola, uh, which you know very well. Um, she really loves a sausage roll. She really bloody loves roll, a sausage roll. roll. This is what she was doing. She, knew she was pointing in her mouth, going roll. The thing is, she will not eat the pastry of a sausage roll. She likes to disrobe it. Doesn't she, she likes to disrobe the sausage roll. She will only eat the sausage. However, she, she will not eat a sausage. It... She won't eat a sausage. She won't eat a sausage. It has to be jacketed up in pastry. I love that it's... for her though. It's then Opinionated removed. queen. Opinionated queen. Quite a lot of waste. <laughs> yeah, not environmentally friendly. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my week. Have I'm you just ever gonna... tried just feeding her sausage meat? Just pure sausage meat, like sausage before. Meat, it's gone. But like,
0: just obviously cook it. But like, just <laughs> she's not of... a dog. <laughs> yeah, don't feed her raw sausage meat. I'm not advocating for that. Okay, but like, kind of shaping it into a sausage roll.
1: No, because so, I think. Do you think it is the pastry, the act of disrobing the act of the, of disrobing disrobing the pastry, is, is pleasing to her? Oh, yeah, okay. And also, not only that, but she likes to give the pastry to our dog when she knows she's not supposed to <laughs> so I, th- I don't know if that's part I don't know maybe she's a feeder and she's like I don't need this pastry I'll give it to the dog
0: yeah yeah Darcy went through a feeding stage as a, yeah. as a baby she just wanted to give you half of her dinner
1: yeah and, like, and this, this brings me on to onto
0: the political leanings of my child because Darcy is either like extreme capitalist what's Mm. mine is mine and what's yours is also mine but she sometimes (laughs) a mood takes her yeah and she becomes like hard communist and she's like what's mine is yours and Mm. what's yours is mine but in exactly equal amounts
1: she's cuban yeah she's she's cuban she's a cuban dictator yeah yeah i can i can see that for darcy
0: yeah, I yeah. have been. I've said this particular phrase about my child since she was about eighteen months old, and Rosie has heard it before. But I quite often say that Darcy is
1: prime minister or prison,
0: no in between. Prime,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I don't know what I. I really like this idea that we're giving our children sort of political stances when they're nearly. Well, they're only five. I think Ramona. Hmm, it's really sad to say this, but she could be a Lib Dem, which is unfortunate. But I, it's okay, because I've got two of them, so I don't need to worry too much. I think Lola is like a very angry angry left wing, yeah. chain herself to Gates kind of thing. She dresses, and I say dresses, I dress her.
0: <laughs> she dresses
1: like she's a squatter in London. Maybe goes to art college, thinks she's the next Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I can confirm she does. And also,
1: yeah. I feel
0: like the wearing odd slippers and shoes on each hand and foot is very much like it's giving performance art
1: oh my god yeah she is she's getting ready to do a fine art course in which she discovers videography yeah and um and like wears weird i'm thinking did you ever watch spaced no well there's an there's an episode where they have like a um they do like a performance piece and i think you could slot lola into that Quite easily, yeah. And she would fit. She'd fit nicely in there. She probably smokes roll-ups, but with like licor- licorice papers. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean.
0: That that that's kind where of she's going. Yeah. That's where yeah. she's
1: going. She likes to quote Ginsburg, but you know, has
0: never read a Ginsburg book.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. She's got them all off of like wikiquote.com. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, she's got the books, but she's never read them. She's never read them, but she bought them secondhand, so they're tattered, so they look red. Yeah, and she has
0: them very, very prominently displayed on her She shelves. takes us to cafes. I can say this also, like going back to the net, our last episode, I discussed the cesspit that is Tinder. And one of my biggest red flags is if a guy brings me back to his house and he has a tattered copy of the Communist Manifesto on oh his shelf. God. I'm like, no, I've got to be out of here because he is either yeah. going to grow up to be a Tory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like is the most insufferably left-wing person and yeah. he's just like oh you know what give left-wing people a really bad name yeah 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 yeah, yeah the one that's like woke above all else
1: yeah the like, so, do you know what that what who you're describing is what the daily express kind of wanted to give off with Jeremy Corbyn yeah, but they couldn't quite get there because yeah. he's not that guy. No, he's not. I don't think he has he's a tattoo
0: com- copy of the Communist no. Manifesto on his bedside table. And if he
1: has got it, it's not to on his coffee to the, table. Yeah, to
0: show to the chicks he hooks up no. with. No,
1: <laughs> he's put his away in a bookcase because he's just read it and accepted it as a book. He's not got it out for people to see. Yeah. and like like him for it. Exactly. Oh, mate. Yeah, and it, you know, if a boy, if a boy, I'm saying boy, I'm, so, I'm nearly thirty five. For boy, ever sort of like, what's your favorite book? Oh, it's probably something by Jean Paul Sartre. Fuck off! I'm going. I'm out of there. My favorite movie is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and then they and then they tell you why it's Pulp Fiction. And also, I don't need to know why. I don't need men to mansplain
0: Tarantino to me. I have watched every Tarantino movie, and I like every Tarantino (laughs) movie. But I don't think you need to like, you know, intellectually interrogate a Tarantino movie. Like, I want to see the Bloodfly.
1: Oh my god. (laughs) Do you know what I really love about this is today's episode is about pregnancy. Yeah, and all we have discussed is is probably the best ways to not get pregnant. Yeah, um, by you know talking to guys on Tinder about socialism and I mean I am
0: ninety percent certain that Darcy's biological father had a copy of the Communist Manif- Manifesto on his bookshelf.
1: That probably explains quite a lot why she's, um, you know. She's maybe she's going to go the way that she is yeah, the way that she just you know her whole being <laughs> you know her whole existence you know the fact that she wears a beret and she's got a Che Guevara poster on her wall you know that you know kind what? of thing. I think she would look great in a beret. She'd look great in a beret. She yeah, would look she great would look great. Yeah, she, could, she can pull off a hat. Of course you could. Um, should we talk about this week's episode? Yeah maybe we should get back on topic. We should uh, my name's Rosie um, I am 34 years of age and I've got two children Ramona is nearly five and Lola is nearly two. Sinead who are you?
0: I am Sinead. I'm 29. I have a five-year-old daughter that I'm gonna to remember to mention this week. Yeah, that would be nice. We live with my mum, my dad, my brother, and my possibly Tory
1: dog. Um and
0: yeah, that's it really.
1: I forgot to mention my partner Dave, who I live with, who does most of the childcare, I would say. On paper, <laughs> I'm doing most of the childcare. But um I think realistically he's doing a lot of the hard work. What I what I, I I'm obviously very grateful. Again, totally off topic, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Um, I'm super grateful for him and his whole being and everything that he does for me and my family. He is wonderful. Mm-hmm. What I don't appreciate is when other people go, Oh, he is good, isn't he? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because like, they're
0: not telling you that you're good. No,
1: no, no. I'm still doing shit, right? I birth them, I look after them. You cooked them. Yeah. But it's like when they're like, oh what, he does this he does most of the cooking. Oh, isn't he good? No, he's just, you know, an equal human to me well yeah, done exactly
0: yeah. we do, he doesn't need to award i mean he does but like not for that
1: yeah yeah this whole like this whole father's being amazing yeah, yeah. they're just being they're just being dad's mate mm-hmm. anyway uh we're going to talk about pregnancy today um this is going to be real fun if you listen to our pilot episode then you will know that uh sinead experienced <laughs> what is commonly
0: known as a cryptic pregnancy is that
1: what it's called it's a cryptic called pregnancy
0: cryptic pregnancy is when you don't know that you're pregnant sounds like I'm an actual sure. game show I know, right I'm not sure if the cutoff is like not knowing you're pregnant until you're actually like physically giving birth or you might as well it, have been. Like, I mean yeah or if it's just like a long like not knowing you're pregnant for like a large proportion of your pregnancy yeah but yeah that's what I had and um mm-hmm spoiler alert it was incredibly fucking traumatic
1: yeah can you just tell us how you find out so you did you mentioned before about like how upset you were and terrified rightly so Mm -hmm. it was a very traumatic experience but i want to know where you were who told you all of that shit location atmosphere smells sounds okay put me in put me there
0: okay we're going we're going back going back
1: (laughs) Okay,
0: so I had just started my first, like, adult office job and uh, I'd been there just shy of a week when I fainted at work Ah. and because I fainted so dramatically, I'd whacked my head off a desk. You know when you say dramatically, do you mean like a Victorian woman?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay, nice.
0: So they sent me to A&E and... I mean, I already had a condition which caused me to faint. So I was like, I don't need to go to the hospital. I'm fine. Mm. And, um, yeah, they sent me to A&E. They do as standard, like a blood and urine sample when you get there. Uh, hello. So they did that. And then the very lovely nurse came over to me and she said,
1: oh, so how far along are you in your pregnancy? I mean, of all the gut-punching sentences to say... And I was like... That's the one. Sorry, what? She was you know? just like,
0: in your pregnancy, like, how far along are you? I was like, I'm not pregnant, what are you on about? Come again. Wrong wrong patient, love. And then, uh, so they reran reran the tests, and it transpired that I was, in fact, pregnant. She was correct. And they were like, well, when was your last period? I was like, uh, about four years ago. And um, as I'm sure... You can't be pregnant for that. Long. Yeah, you, human beings do not gestate for four years.
1: <laughs> I want to know. So, in that moment when it was clarified that you were in fact pregnant, like, mm-hmm. was the nurse y- useful to you, or was she just? A bit I think like... she
0: was superfluous at that point because I wasn't listening to a thing that she was saying.
1: You just like glazed over. Yeah,
0: yeah. i my it was very much like lights are
1: on but no one's home. You are in it. you in the film. It was slow motion, right? Yeah. So, um
0: we had to then the next step was to try and figure out how far along i was
1: mm.
0: and figure out the next steps from there so i had to have a scan but uh, the nhs is very um oversubscribed mm. so the only option really for me was to go and have a scan at an abortion clinic oh wow and the closest abortion clinic that was able to fit me in on that day was in birmingham No, not that day, the the next day. So off I went um, and I was just, I told my mum that that day and was hysterical. Mm. But at that point, we didn't know how far along I was. So I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, it won't be that, it won't be that bad. I can just get an abortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get to the clinic the next day, they do a scan and the lady says, well, you're 26 weeks, which is obviously two weeks over the legal limit. And like very, very few people have a third trimester abortion anyway. So I was like, (laughs) I said to the lady, oh, it's a good job we're only opposite the station then because I can throw myself in front of a train. (laughs) And she said, I can't legally let you leave the premises. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> On your own. Oh no. And uh, I'm very much one to uh make light of situations and of like tell kind of risque jokes, but I feel like that one did step over the line yeah, yeah. a yeah. little bit. So you, um... <laughs> did you at that point go, oh
1: tough crowd? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, so, um,
0: spoiler alert, I didn't throw myself in front of the train. No, she's still here. She's still here. She's still kicking. Um, So then the next step was to have the what would normally be, I believe, the 20-week scan in an mm. average pregnancy um, to check for anomalies because I had had nights out. Shit been tons drinking. of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know... I was like, this baby is going to be fucked up yeah. in some horribly dramatic way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so they got me in for that, and it was exactly four weeks later. So at that point, I was expecting to go in and th- for them to tell me that I was 30 weeks pregnant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I went in... They were like, cool, your baby's got, like, a spine and some kidneys and shit. Like, yeah. it all looks okay. yeah, yeah. And the baby is a girl, by the way. I was like, cool. Um, and then she said, oh, I think your date- dates were a little bit off the last time. So I was like, oh, so uh, what's the update? And she was like, uh, so we're we're seeing from the measurements we're seeing here, we would put you at about 34 weeks.
1: Oh. Which, for those who are listening, who are listening because they are either not yet pregnant, or they're in early stages, or they're, you know... The thinking pregnancy about having really, a baby. And it's not really on the radar, those numbers. 34 weeks is like, in two weeks' time, you could have a birth, a normal birth. Yeah. And and no one would... So, an yeah,
0: so for context, 40 weeks is... Standard. Standard. I mean,
1: I, I'll get into that in the labour episode, because fuck off it makes me very angry <laughs> furious in fact um but I, I i won't divulge too much into that but yeah you can have a very healthy baby at 36 weeks yeah and you're born. And Are you con-
0: you're considered full term at 36 i think weeks, you're you? i
1: think 38 is full term but yeah. no one's too worried at 36 weeks i don't think yeah like, it's not... I,
0: I was born at 36 weeks and so the knowledge that i was 34 weeks it's also like the beginning of December. Like Yeah, like the beginning of December. So Christmas is coming up. I've not got any presents. I've not got any presents. I Where don't, are we getting like, the turkey from? I don't know if there's going to be a baby born on Christmas Day. You know, my mum went into labour at 36 weeks. So she went into panic overdrive. At yeah. this point, the baby didn't have a stitch of clothing. She was like, it could drop any day. It could drop. I love I that like, term. It could drop. Like yeah. the next fire mixtape. <laughs> oh god <laughs> drop like it just falls out of you yeah so um yeah that was that and then she ended up being born um 40 weeks plus one so you had a bit of time to get some clothes and yeah push so chair she, and she did have clothes and she, there was a push chair and things were all right in the end yeah she was well clothed she looks pretty good to me. So that's kind of like my pregnancy story. That's nice
1: that. That's it. Yeah. And this is really interesting cuz like I have a lot to say about pregnancy. Yeah. Um you do not.
0: No no <laughs> not much. Apart from the terror. Yeah, Rosie has a uh, a much more drawn out in-depth in depth. experience of pregnancy than I do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I'll tell you about how I found out. We
0: say like maybe I have a GCSE in pregnancy and Rosie's got a masters.
1: Yeah. Yeah and and actually I've not just got a masters because then I had Lola so I've got my PhD now. Yeah. I'm a doctor in pregnancy. Yeah. I'm yeah it sounds like I can't deliver children. No. But you know what I mean. Um okay well yeah I guess I guess um I wasn't even thinking about talking about my pregnancy with Lola, but I guess I could touch on it slightly because I have had two pregnancies. Yeah, shall we do? Um, co- shall we go chronologically? Go chronologically. We'll start with Ramona. You've not told us the womb's the womb conversation story. Ah, uh, we'll start with a womb conversation. Okay, so I um, wanted children. We were trying for children. Uh, I think we were maybe trying for about ten months before I fell pregnant. I was starting to worry. I was pretty devastated every time I got a period. I was, like, low-key, like, anxiety all of the time. I would go to the toilet, like, I had, like, an ovula- ovulation app so that I could track my period and stuff. I was one of those guys, a bit like Monica from Friends, being like, <laughs> hey, let's have sex today. Um, but, like, I I would track my period and then I'd know that my period was due and I, those days I would go to the toilet, like, 50 times a day just to check. Yeah. And then the blood would come and I'd be really sad. So I was really like I was a bit of a I was a bit of a mess. Um but it was all fine. So I fell pregnant with Ramona. Um the con yeah, the the womb story. So before I fell pregnant with Ramona, I was i well before I met you actually, Sinead, I'd been travelling around Asia and then I moved to Australia for a bit. And when I was in Australia um, This is not after This was after the cookie. This is after the cookie. Yes. After the cookie years. Yeah. So after after, the uh, cookie years, but before
0: our motherhood era. Before our
1: motherhood. Yeah. Motherhood album. Um, Yeah. So when I lived in Australia, I got really into like healthy eating and um, exercise, low key eating disorder. And I got into weightlifting. So when I came back to the UK, I was like really into my weights and I was like one of the lads, muscly, muscly, doing deadlifts and shit. Um, and now I wonder why I wasn't pregnant. It's probably because I had, I was just too not that you can't weightlift and get pregnant, but I think what had happened was I'd forgotten who I was as a female almost. Yeah. So um so before I fell pregnant with Ramona, a few things happened. One of which is that I went to a hippie festival uh, where I worked as a glitterer. So I was doing face glitter. Um, and I went and saw loads of cool like world music. One of the bands I saw was called Goat. And they're basically like, they're like a tribal ritual and they all wear masks and you kind of go into a trance when you're watching them. Yeah. Crazy. Right. And about that same time, I read a book called Witch um, by Lisa Lister. So she is like a self-confessed, like modern day witch. But this book is all about reclaiming your womanhood. And one of the things she talked about was like having a conversation with your womb and like apologizing for the way that you've treated it because we like we spoke about contraception in the last Mm -hmm. like last episode and how mm, how much we're taken away from our own feminine femininity Mm -hmm. when we talk about like our our, like female autonomy and reproductive you kind of like yeah
0: kind of um almost estranged from your own body for a long time during those like yeah the years when you're trying to actively prevent pregnancy yes by nature estranges you from your relationship to that's, your own body.
1: That exactly describes it. You and, and I think that's an, another thing that the patriarchy has done to us is sort of forced mm-hmm. us to think that we have to do that yeah. to get on with life, to get on with work and the grind and you know it's it doesn't help capitalism when you're a woman who cares about your period. No. Does it? No. So we we do. We estrange ourselves from it. So I had a conversation with my womb and I apologised for just ignoring it and never considering it never thinking about my periods. like I, Most women, I think, will agree with me when you think of your period as an inconvenience. Yeah. It is not an inconvenience. It is part of our, well, it's part of our everything. And I think we should harness it a bit more. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that another time. But essentially what I did is I apologised to my womb. And the next day I had like the most almighty like stomach cramps. I don't get stomach cramps. I don't have bad periods. But I honestly felt like in that moment, my womb answered me. And it's like she was saying... Fuck you for ignoring Fuck me for you. so long. No, no, no. <laughs> quite the opposite. I think she was saying, thank you for... Thank you. I needed you to tell me that. I'm right here. We're back together. It's yeah. like we we were un, unestranged, right? Dude, and... we're getting the band back together. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. She picked up the guitar. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of what it felt like. And then funnily enough, um, I fell pregnant a month later. But the way that I fell pregnant is quite funny. So... Me and Dave went on holiday to Porto in Portugal. We had a lovely summer holiday. I, for those of you who don't know, um, my favourite hobby of all time is tanning. I've got quite olive skin and I do tan very well. I love lying by on the beach. Yeah, Rosie um, looks
0: great with the tan.
1: I'm like yeah i'm it's okay when glows i glows mate i glows when i go on holiday with my family me and my mum will often walk a few steps ahead of my dad and my brothers because people will think we're spanish (laughs) if we're not with them in their like england shorts and tasty skin i
0: mean i do tan fairly well and so does my dad and also funnily enough so does darcy um but you are
1: also irish yeah well
0: i've got the so in my opinion there are two different types of irish skin there's Mm. your G- you're your more ginger toned irish skin which yeah. burns yeah like dramatically if you even look sideways at the sun yeah and then there's peasant skin sure which out is, in the sun working out in the skin yeah. sun working you might get a bit of a sunburn across your nose yeah, maybe yeah, your yeah. shoulders yeah you're very freckly but you get
1: brown that, yeah because yeah. that skin's got to get through the summer and that's got get to harvest yeah
0: that's the skin that me and my dad have because mm. we're both like darker complexioned and my mum and my brother both have the very white they're both blonde my mum's more like a gingery strawberry blonde
1: yeah
0: um and we always say when we go on holiday together that it looks like my mum and my brother have picked me and my dad up from the airport
1: <laughs> yeah you love it love it yeah absolutely the thing is though like it's it's uh unfortunately it's like it's convenient to be good at tanning because it's yeah. so shit when you burn. It's awful. Yeah, um, Yeah. so we were in Porto having a lovely old time, uh, apart from the fact that I kept having funny turns, in inverted oh. commas, funny turns. And it, what's really funny, it's the amount that I thought about pregnancy and the amount I thought about not being pregnant and being pregnant, it didn't draw, dawn on me at all during that holiday. Yeah. Because, Sinead, Dave tried to convince me that I had sunstroke. And I was like... <laughs> bollocks mate rosie johnson does not get sunstroke rosie johnson tans for a living rosie johnson is (laughs) above sunstroke above sunstroke exactly that and so I spent the whole week being like convinced by Dave that I had sunstroke while he was like feeding me ice cream to try and get me up. So you're being like, gaslit into yeah, believing you've yeah, yeah. got sunstroke? It Probably worked in my favor though, really, because I was so furious with him for trying to suggest that I had sunstroke. But by the time I got home and then actually realized I was pregnant, it was like, oh shit. Yay. I was so happy. But yeah, we got back off that holiday and I did a pregnancy test one morning and it was pregnant and I was just, I was on my own. I was about ready to go to work. David had already gone to work. And I was just like fizzing, shake it. I was in an absolute state, but for all the right reasons. So I was just like, oh my God, but also the fear. And I went to work. So I used to work in retail. And um, I knew I was going to be opening the shop with my very good friend, Rianne. Shout out, Rianne. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to tell her. I can't go the whole day without telling no one. Like, I'm telling her. So I walked in and there was Rianne. And I was like, mate, and we're very, very good friends. And we were very good friends then as well. And I was like, fucking pregnant mate so we were like fizzing Mm -hmm. and it was at that moment now for those of you who work in retail you'll understand the fear that is when the district manager shows up (laughs) unannounced so the district manager walks in and I was like I'm gonna have to pretend I'm not pregnant
0: yeah I mean (laughs) I personally believe that all women should be signed off work the second they have a p-
1: oh positive God, yeah. pregnancy test. Absolutely. Like, just give us a bit of time, mate.
0: Exactly. Like, and I think you should be off work, full pay from the day, like, the second you take that mm. test and it's positive until, like, your baby is a year old. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. being full pregnant pay. fucks you up <laughs> oh, so bad, like, physically, mentally, emotionally. It's
1: All of it. brutal. So, okay. So, our pregnancy. Uh, positive pregnancy tests are, were very, very different. However, I believe both of us, I mean, okay, we're going to talk symptoms now. Pregnancy yeah. symptoms. I didn't have many symptoms apart from like the standard, like feeling sick. But I know you had some horrible shit happen to your body, right? Yeah. So my first two trimesters
0: were pretty f- well, I mean, I didn't know I was pregnant. Mm. So, I was very tired but I thought that that was just because I had depression yes it's um very no, similar feelings so right? I was very tired and I also had like my boobs had got bigger and were very sore but I thought that that was just because I'd gained weight and I do sometimes get sore boobs like yeah, yeah. because yeah. of my the injection that I'd been on for so long it did sometimes mean like I would get periods of having sore boobs
1: I think that's what's really hard about um, some pregnancy symptoms is that they're very similar to symptoms Something that... Something you can get from contraception. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they kind of merge and it makes that fear of whether you want to get pregnant or not want to get pregnant very, very real.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you
1: second-guess absolutely everything yeah. all of the time. Yeah. And it's hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard work.
0: So, yeah, the first two trimesters were fine. There was also I had an aversion to
1: salmon. Wow.
0: Which I used to like this, an odd salmon fillet on a salad or like with some potatoes and veg. And then all of a sudden one day I looked at a piece of salmon and thought I would rather kill myself than eat that salmon. Ah, and nice. I just thought it was me going off something.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. But
0: that was it. And then after I found out that I was pregnant, I had... And this was horrific. So the first... I found out that I was pregnant and I wasn't shoving. And within... My parents, a few days after I found out I was pregnant, went on holiday to Mexico. And to accurately Rude. I know, yeah. Accurately describe this, I had no bump when they went. Mm. And when they came back two weeks later, I was very noticeably pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Um so that was strange, but I actually really enjoyed my bump. But we'll come mm. on to like speaking about your body during pregnancy later. But, and then everything was great for about three or four weeks after that. Like I felt fine. I had more energy than I'd had in ages. Mm. I was starting to kind of like pick myself up from the like depths of realizing realizing I was pregnant so late in pregnancy and everything was fine. And then probably about four weeks before I gave birth, I started to get this rash and it was awful. Like you say a rash and it just, you know, whatever, it's just a bit of a rash, but between my fingers up my hands to my wrists on both hands my toes feet and ankles and then my whole, underneath of my bump were covered in this rash and it was violently itchy yeah and i don't know if (laughs) i've ever described um what I feel like scratching a mosquito bite is
1: oh god yeah
0: I feel like it's an orgasm on evil mode like yeah it feels so good yeah but so bad yeah, yeah yeah. and that's what it felt like to itch this rash and but... it was almost like these little tiny blisters that I would oh. scrape out with my nails I was covered in cuts because I couldn't sc- stop scratching myself
1: and a mosquito bite is like, it's kind of, even if you've got a few, they're all like in specific areas. Whereas this is like the whole all of is itching. Your yeah. whole hands are itching. Your whole my whole
0: belly. It was horrendous. Ooh. And going back to last episode, I was speaking about how my relationship with my mum took on a more parent-child kind of relationship because they thought I had a condition called obstetric cholestasis, I think is how it's pronounced. Mm. I could be wrong. But it's essentially a condition in which your liver leaks out bile into your bloodstream. Nice. Um, I didn't have that, but they couldn't tell me a reason why I had this rash and I was so itchy.
1: That's even worse though, isn't it? It's and like, they also the way... told
0: me, you can't have antihistamines to stop the itching because you're pregnant. Uh, of course. So my, I had to alternate putting my hands and feet in extremely hot water and Mm. wrapping them in cold towels Mm. to try and take the itch out i had to freeze tea towels damp tea towels to lay across my belly to try and take the itch out of my belly
1: but you can sleep as well because of it
0: right oh i couldn't sleep Mm -hmm. i um have very long nails or not very long i have relatively long nails
1: nails you can itch with nails i can
0: itch with i had to cut them all down to the quick because i was ripping yeah myself apart it was horrendous and they couldn't tell me why it was happening and that is the most horrific pregnancy symptom that i had and the funny thing is the day that i had her within hours the oh, itching stopped
1: god that's mad isn't it mm-hmm.
0: i mean i still had all the like cuts and yeah
1: but you weren't itching i
0: wasn't itching so yeah. i bet that healed relatively quickly and i've yeah. only got like a few scars around my ankles to, to show for it but it was horrendous
1: and i didn't no one told me that could happen when you were pregnant no and so many things like that can happen when you're pregnant and no one first of all no one can do anything about it because they can't pump you full of drugs yeah and they don't know why it's happening either. they don't know why it's happening it's the same as like um well things like normal things like morning sickness like there's no real because they can't do tests on pregnant ladies for obvious reasons yeah No one really knows why any of it happens. They can't tell you why. And it's like, you know, all those old wives tales, they're just like, it's just guesswork. Yeah. It's obviously hormonal imbalances, but it's like why it's happening to you Is it's mad
0: yeah I'm like I'm just out here trying to create the miracle of life why is my body turned against me
1: exactly it's almost like an autoimmune thing isn't it yeah Um, and I think maybe it's something to do with the fact that technically speaking growing a baby in your tummy with a umbilical cord and placenta is technically
0: a parasite right I Babies are parasites? I'd describe it
1: as, as such. This is yeah. parasitic. They are feeding... The, like They're Off sucking you, the life out of you. They've leached all the calcium out of my teeth mm-hmm. and bones. Did you know... So you probably know this, that they that your body will give um, the baby calcium... Yeah, basically yeah. what you're saying. It will take everything from your body to give to the baby, even if you don't have any to give to yes. yourself, mm-hmm. which is nice, isn't it? That's cute. Great, yeah. Cute little nugget of information.
0: I think maybe my body knew that I was um, developing the next... Cuban dictator. Cuban dictator. <laughs> the, the next, um, someone that had that possessed the capability to take over the world, and maybe my body thought
1: we should let her know. Yeah, the world's not ready for this. Shall we let her know? And how do we let her know? I know. I know. Awful rash. Yeah, we're going to send the pestilence of itch. Do you know what? No, I know why they did, why your body did that. Because it's going to be like a very. Um, it's going to be a very apt metaphor to use in the book that you write about her. <laughs> Don't you think? When you write the biography of your daughter, when yeah. she's like, it's going to be like the kind of mother's version of Mein Kampf. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like a kind of...
0: Um, the know, mother of Machiavelli. Yeah,
1: yeah. that. <laughs> then you can write about the rash and everyone will be like, of course. She of course. should have seen it was coming. <laughs> she should have knew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't really have any pregnancy sim- symptoms, but I what I would like to talk about is like, problems during pregnancy obviously people experience lots of different problems and uh we can only really go on 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 our own experiences we don't really want to talk about people we know's experiences because it's very personal isn't it yeah um but i had a few sort of scares with um like scans and measurements and i do want to talk about growth scans because i have a lot of problems with them (laughs) a lot a lot of problems no i don't have a problem with growth scans growth scans are useful for obvious reasons but um, I do have an issue with, like, how inaccurate they can be and the fear of God that people put into you when they know that they can be inaccurate. Yeah. It's that kind of, we've we've measured your baby and we're worried that your baby isn't the right size. Yeah. So we're going to make you absolutely terrified on top of all the terrified you already are. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact we know it might be inaccurate,
0: yeah, and, and I think the wording that's <laughs> yeah, I think on this subject we have almost directly opposite. Yes, because I have effectively only one d- detailed scan. Yeah, from my whole pregnancy, and at yeah. that point she was so big that they there was a so only a certain amount of information that they could tell me, and it was that like the scan was like let's make sure this baby is you know alive alive okay. rather than like we're
1: how not big gonna f- will it be yeah
0: with like we're not gonna fuss on the finer points of how okay this baby yeah. is gonna be whereas yeah. you Rosie had a very different experience and you were almost it was over old. it was
1: over it was it was like very overwhelming. I remember with Ramona that I had the twelve week scan and they're like, yeah, your baby's fine. I think the problem, not that it was a problem really, but the lady who scanned me had a student with her. So she was being very overly measury. Yeah, because she was showing her how it worked so she did all these measurements and she did a measure measurement on Ramona's head and then said now um your baby hasn't got spina bifida (laughs) because we've done they do like certain tests and they did certain measurements and they're like your baby hasn't got spina bifida but your baby has got like a, a like a I can't remember if it was like a curve or like a dent in her head that is sometimes a suggestion of spin it's like a this could mean she has spina bifida. Yeah. But your baby doesn't have spina bifida, so it's weird that she's got this thing on her head. So we need to look into that more. Yeah. And then and the wording that was used was like, oh she can't have it, but she could have it. And yeah. it's terrifying. That's
0: just so like it's terrifying. I really do think medical professionals should be stopped from using non-sentences.
1: Yeah. When they're yeah.
0: describing to you things that are objective. They're terrifying. so desensitized
1: from it and like rightly so. Of course they are. They're working so hard and yeah. I'm not slamming anybody. The NHS is a um wonderful institution. Yeah, it is glorious and i couldn't thank them more for everything they've done for me very
0: very grateful for the nhs um
1: i'm just i I guess what i'm more complaining about is is the fear that you get from the certain words that they use um because you're just in an absolute state yeah so they did this measurement and then they got me in the next day like, we need to remeasure you just to make sure they got me in the next day and so for 24 hours i was a fucking wreck yeah and then this guy measured me and he just like looked and he went i just think they took bad photos of their head it was literally like the pho- They're just shit photos because they take like screenshots essentially. They're yeah. doing screenshots like of your selfies of your baby essentially, and they were like did more screenshots of her head and did the measurements and went the measurements of that head is absolutely bang on. Yeah, they were just shit screenshots. And you're like, wow, essentially you're describing Instagram to me. Wonderful. Um, and it was all fine. But then what happened is like once once you're then marked as a oh, we have to get you in again. Yeah, you're, you're like, like the, a high risk pregnancy. You're on like the, yeah, you're on the list of like, oh, you're on the list of oh, this this person needs to be checked out more. And so I did have a few more scans, um, which at the time I thought was a really good thing, but actually it was just more fear-mongering. Yeah. Um, and then when they when you get like further along in your pregnancy it's much harder to get the growth right it's far more inaccurate but they still put the fear of god into you like oh not sure about this fluid your baby looks like it might not weigh enough and you're like what does that even mean yeah um and yeah that's really really hard so actually with lola's pregnancy they did exactly the same thing um they thought that she wasn't gonna she wasn't growing at the right rate like not growing quickly enough and they got me in for growth scans and stuff but i was sort of um far more like um, empowered to be yeah. like, I don't want to come in for anything And
0: assertive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I did go in for the ones that they initially said. And then when they said we should get you in every week, it was like, no, yeah. I am not doing that. I'm mm-hmm. quite happy with the, with it and it just so happened that the midwife that had been measuring me every single couple of weeks changed. It was a different midwife one week. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the growth's not quite right. We need to get her in for a scan. Do you think maybe, do you think maybe it's the midwife's got a slightly different way of measuring with the tape measure? Maybe, maybe. And it obviously was that. So, yeah, I have, I have uh, a very love-hate relationship with growth scans. Obviously, they're important, but I just, I think I wanted to talk about it because it's, again, another thing that people don't talk about.
0: You get pregnant,
1: they go, you'll be pregnant for a bit, and then you'll have a baby. And there's none of this shit, like, none of this. Yeah. You think think you're the first person in the world
0: for it to happen to. And another thing I think we should discuss is pregnancy admin.
1: Oh, mate, yeah.
0: The amount of, like, stuff you have to do practically when you are pregnant is unbelievable it's like you find out you're pregnant right right, let's sign up for an nct class yeah we need to make a detailed list of everything that we need to buy for this baby we need to make sure that we're getting the the correct forms to give to work to make sure that we can have maternity leave and like it's almost like every week comes with more admin tasks for the pregnant person to
1: complete yeah absolutely it's so hard um i want to ask you about um like uh, your body. How did you feel about your body during pregnancy?
0: I loved my body. Once I had my bump, mm. I have never had a particularly good relationship with my body. Yeah, I yeah. have always like always been on the bigger side. I'm very tall, but also like have always been quite curvy. And I loved being pregnant because it almost felt like I had an excuse to be curvy. Yeah. And like my belly was big and my boobs were huge, and I just felt really womanly yeah yeah, yeah yeah for the first time really because i had al- always quite i had this narrative in my head of like you're tall and you're broad-shouldered therefore you were built like a man
1: wow so interesting you say that because i feel exactly the same i feel pregnancy i could own my own body it was like i because i was pregnant it didn't matter what i looked like and it's yeah. like i could be whoever i could eat what i wanted i didn't have to worry about it i didn't have to exercise like i was okay with who i was for once in my life and it's so interesting that you say that about like um not feeling womanly when you're not pregnant because i have exactly the same relationship and i have the same thing like certain things about my body that i think make me manly or like masculine and yeah. therefore i'm not womanly and um pregnancy kind of gets you to readjust that doesn't it mm-hmm. and, and own who you are as. A and woman. i think
0: it has actually had a lasting effect on my body image yeah. because my body image like now isn't perfect and i no. do quite often you know look at myself and think oh god but it's given me an appreciation for my body that i never had far before. more
1: empowerment over it yeah i can kind of i think the difference is now i will i can accept that I will never accept my own body. Yeah. But there's an acceptance there in that I can kind of, it's low level now.
0: And that's almost freeing, isn't yeah. it? It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't have to spend an hour in front of the mirror telling myself yeah. exactly what I hate about my yeah. body because I know what I don't like I about know what body. I don't like. But I've been I also it. appreciate my body more for what it can mm-hmm. do than mm-hmm. for what it looks like aesthetically now.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so true. And it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't have to spend loads of time hating my body because I know that I'm never going to like it. And And I also don't have the time. Don't have the time. I've got, yeah. And this is another thing is like, we've got kids and I don't want those kids to, those kids don't hate my body. No. Because I do loads of stuff with it.
0: In fact, Darcy quite often tells me, "Mummy, I love your big bum.
1: Ah, that's adorable.
0: She likes to jump, she likes to make me lie on my belly and jump on my bum like it's a trampoline.
1: (laughs) See? We've got use- useful attributes with our bodies, yeah. you know? They're really important. Um What else do we need to talk about before we go? Let's think. We've got uh, we need minutes. to discuss uh fear. Yeah, we do need to discuss fear in pregnancy. Um, Lots of fear. Your yeah. fear was very different to my
0: fear. Yeah, I think there's something that I have been ruminating on in the last few weeks from the first time we spoke about this podcast. Mm. And I said... The first fear that I remember having when I found out that I was pregnant was, I mean, the, the very first one was like, "What if the baby is d- damaged
1: mm.
0: in some way? What if I have damaged my baby?"
1: Yeah.
0: And then my second fear, which sounds so shallow, was, "Oh God, what if my baby is ugly?" And mm. you said something that, like, I have been sitting with for a while is, and that that thought wasn't really what if my baby is ugly what I, what i really meant was what if i don't love my baby yes
1: yeah that cuz that and it's so easy to kind of put it to take it away take away the love and just look at it from an aesthetic point of view isn't it Absolutely. what if i look at my baby and don't immediately fall in love with it because it doesn't look right
0: mm-hmm. and it's not
1: that at all it's like am i going to be able to nurture this baby am i going to be able to unconditionally love it and i think what's very clear is that for the most part the second that baby comes out, you you fall in love. And me, like, it's, it's like a, a thing you can never describe. And the only reason that you wouldn't feel that way is if there were, like, underlying health issues, mental health issues mm-hmm. that I'm not equipped to talk about, but that doesn't mean that you don't love your baby. Yeah, It means that there's things going on that are preventing you from doing so that yeah. aren't your fault at all. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it's like that whole, oh, ugly baby thing. All babies are fucking ugly. Yeah. They're all disgusting.
0: I mean, I would but... like to, to make an exception to this in that I feel like my baby was born at the perfect amount of cooked. So oh, yeah. she came out, like, yeah, yeah. plump and cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if some Funny babies... that you
1: say that after your, one of your highest fear factors was what if my baby's ugly? And now you're saying, actually, I think my baby was actually really, like, attractive. Yeah, uh, she was everyone else actually is really cute. <laughs> she
0: was really cute. Um, but, you know... I do think it's a valid fear and Absolutely. I was I was so scared that I wasn't I wasn't going to love her yeah because I think um especially because it was I don't like to say an unwanted but like an unexpected pregnancy mm. I had this fear that like what if my love for my baby wasn't wasn't good enough and wasn't mm. because it didn't, you
1: didn't want her to begin with yeah it didn't stand up to the yeah. love
0: that other mums had for yeah. their babies yeah, yeah
1: yeah of course yeah but it doesn't work that way, does it? No, doesn't not at all. at all. No. And for, for those listening who are maybe pregnant or don't want to get pregnant anytime soon and they're they've worried about that before, it's just absolutely not true, is it? No, not, not at, at all. all. Doesn't matter how much you wanted it, it's you all love it, of course. Yeah. Because it's oh uh, yeah well
0: I think the other thing as well like the biological imperative is to love your baby yeah exactly it's, it's to it's keep not, the baby alive this and... is
1: not your choice to love your baby yeah it, it is an ev- it's an evolution and we, you know we, that's what we're designed to do mm-hmm. um, it's the same reason that babies often look like their dads apparently it's because it's caveman mentality if the baby didn't look like you then you could kill it
0: I mean my baby doesn't look at all like her dad that's probably a good thing yeah. That's probably a good
1: thing mm-hmm. um my baby looks like a goblin <laughs> i just wonder if we could talk very quickly because i'm we we do need to go um i think one of the things i'd like to talk about just societally is consent during pregnancy
0: yeah and i think there's two well there's several different sides to this but um the first one is like a loss of personhood and the loss of kind of like ownership over your body Mm -hmm. in that people will come up to you strangers will come up to you and touch your belly and ask you really invasive personal questions complete strangers as well and yeah complete strangers and will ask you things like so are you going to breastfeed and i'm like i've never met you before i don't really want to talk about my boobs with you yeah um but then there's also the the other side which is medical consent and i think this is a lot more serious and can have much like f- further reaching consequences
1: the one thing i would like to say and i will talk about this during the labor episode um and i'm not i know when i say this it sounds harsh but i think it's really important to remember this when you are pregnant and vulnerable because when you are pregnant you are vulnerable yeah for sure um I, I, not just to mention the fact that the fear factor yeah. like you're a vulnerable person because of all the things you're going through um but something that I always remember and it stuck with me. Your baby does not have any human rights until it is born. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't care about babies and bellies. Of course I do. It's mm-hmm. very important yeah. that their, you know, their health is, you know, the number one priority, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you can tell the woman who is housing that baby what to do, how to do it, and coerce them into anything yeah and unfortunately there is still quite a lot of um that in the medical profession yeah I, I believe from my experience
0: and we will discuss this further when we get on to our labour episode but we do need to start wrapping up we today. do today so rosie it's a good place,
1: it's, sorry it's a really good place to end isn't it talking about consent absolutely because consent is not talked about enough i don't feel um and in fact know. i think
0: we could make a whole episode on consent in shall the we do that
1: I think we should. Okay, let's have a consent episode episode. Let's do it. We'll have a consent episode because it is important. If you're pregnant and feeling vulnerable right now as you're listening, just remember that you have the right to choose what you want to do with your
0: body. Absolutely,
1: and it is of nobody else's concern. Like, doesn't matter what other people's opinions are on how you do things as a pregnant person. It is your choice exactly. always. We are pro-choice in every aspect.
0: Absolutely. So, Rosie, are you going to tell me what you've been live laugh loving and live laugh loathing this week
1: (laughs) okay live laugh loving um the winner for this is um ramona my oldest child uh world book day mate it can be quite stressful for most parents but it was actually a real corker for me nice one ramona we dressed her up as frida carlo Oh, wow. So my, because she's got a Frida book and it's really easy to dress her up like that because she's got <laughs> weird clothes. So um, my love for the week is um, on Thursday morning, her skipping around the lounge going, Viva La Vida, Viva La Vida, which she knows this because I scripted her about Frida Kahlo to take to school. Viva La Vida means live life. Yay. And it's on one of Frida's famous paintings of watermelons. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my love for the week. Uh, So my love for the week is not maybe as
0: sentimental as Rosie's, Mm. but it is videos on Instagram of those very frilly vintage looking cakes being iced.
1: Oh, yeah, mate. I want to watch that piping. That piping is sick. That
0: piping action. I've seen one in particular. It's purple. It's got disco balls and glitter, and it is amazing.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That's nice, that. Yeah, a bit of ASMR
0: absolutely or it's got like a clip of a little catchy song
1: yeah 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 sure sure sure
0: what have you been live laugh loathing live laugh loathing this week rosie okay
1: this is a really difficult one for me because initially when i explain it it's going to sound like a love Mm -hmm. but actually it's a loathe yeah so um i have been watching a series on channel four called guy martin's power trip (sighs) bloody love guy martin he's hilarious I also really like how um, – have you ever seen Guy Martin documentaries?
0: No. So he's
1: a very famous, mo- like, motorbiker, but he's also really into, like, engineering and shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's
1: very northern, and he loves a cup of tea. He's quite funny. He's Fantastic. very kind of like, you know, Jack the Lad. Um, and he does lots of programmes about, like, engineering. And he, ma- he makes mm-hmm. it quite a bit like Professor Brian Cox, makes space easy for people like me that are stupid. Yeah. Uh, he makes, like, engineering and, like, how things were built easy for people like me that are stupid. Um, and also what makes his programmes great. I know it doesn't sound like a loathe, but uh, his his programmes are made really dramatic because um, the narrator is Sean Dooley. You know the actor Sean Dooley? Yeah. Who's got the really low voice. Yeah. And it'd be like, Guy Martin is looking at pylons. (laughs) But like the whole episode, that was a, sorry, that was such a terrible um, impression, but really love his programmes. But The Power Trip is about um, how uh, our country is ran. Uh, Mm -hmm. energy wise so he goes and looks at power stations like nuclear power stations renewable energy power stations really interesting i'd recommend all of you watch it but at the very end he basically says like if you want to be in control of your energy consumption because it's so expensive the only answer i have for you is to just use less of it and it's like he's a really clever guy the program's really interesting. I don't feel like it was biased any- in any way. I don't think he was like on the side of the power companies. Yeah, because that's not what he was there to do. He was there to explore the engineering of it. But what I really loathed is that at the end of it, it was like maybe there's some, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. Maybe there are ways that we can, you know, efficiently have energy at a cheaper rate. Yeah, and essentially the answer was no, we can't because energy companies are pricks
0: yeah Uh, so that's my loathe for the week um so my loathe for the week is um i'm gonna throw it back to the beginning of the the episode and just put and just say um Dating apps, specifically men that have the communist manifesto on the bedside table. Yeah, I
1: think that's a really good loathe to end on because, like, we don't talk about those guys enough, do we? do really we?
0: Don't. I actually think they shouldn't be spoken about at all and should all be banished. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that is my loathe of the week because as a single person and a single person with a child, um, I think that inherently makes my dating choices more difficult because i have to be pickier because i'm not just thinking about a person as a prospective partner Mm. i'm also having to consider them as a prospective figure in my child's life yeah and so it it does it means that you have to weed out
1: the bad guys and if she's going to be a cuban dictator we don't need don't need any more of that do we no yeah 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 sure so yeah, that's, that's a nice, my load yeah. for, for the week. That's a nice place to end, Sinead. That's really nice. I'm going to think about um, I'm going to think about those sorts of boys a lot tonight. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. <laughs> I mean, in a bad way. Um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We've been the Amateur Mill Society. Um, thank you, Sinead. Thank you, Rosie. Uh, we're still just trying. trying. We're just trying. And um, please check us out on Instagram at amateur milf society if you would like to contact us or have any questions for us uh you can do so at the amateur society at gmail.com and you can join us thank you for listening everybody bye
0: and we've got to go and look after our kids oh bye, bye. hi everyone it's sinéad here from the editing suite and by editing suite i mean my sofa at quarter past 10 um <clears throat> Anna, what day is it? Tuesday night? Anyway, um, after editing this podcast, me and Rosie decided that um, one episode really isn't enough to cover pregnancy properly. There were so many things that we wanted to speak about in more detail, so many ideas that occurred to us before we ran out of time in the recording studio the last time. So next week, join us for Pregnancy Part 2, where we talk about all the kind of societal pressures and different things surrounding pregnancy. We're going to cover consent um, a little bit more deeply. We're going to cover um, midwives, movements, um, medical interventions and things like that. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, and just lastly, I really want to say thank you for everybody for all your support you've given to us over the first episode. Um, we've had quite a lot of people uh, come to us and tell us that um, the podcast felt like going for a coffee with their mates and that's the exact kind of vibe we were going for. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, please give us a follow on Instagram at Amateur Mill Society, Twitter at Amateur uh, Amateur Mill Sock, S-O-C, um, or drop us an email at the amateur Society at gmail.com. Um, and just share with your mates and get the word out there. We'd like as many people as possible to listen because we really want to build a community around this podcast um, so that other mums out there don't feel alone and they always know that they can come into a community where they are going to be heard and seen and not judged for whatever they're feeling um yeah bye